when you say hello to your fears, that's like the first approach. I'm not saying I'm going to conquer you. I'm not saying, you know, we're best friends. I'm just saying hello. And that is what I want to encourage people to do. To knock on the door and say, hi, hello, I'm here. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have the creator of the 100 Days Without Fear Project and YouTube sensation, Michelle Poehler, as she shares how to turn fear into excitement, tips on building an online community, and the practical steps to overcoming your biggest anxieties. Last week, we celebrated the Super Bowl with an interview from Mike Ditka. This week, we navigate our fears with Michelle Poehler, so I first had to ask her how she came up with this 100 Days Without Fear challenge. But I was a pretty fearful kid growing up, but I didn't know that, all right, until I was in college. <laughs> because in my house, it was okay to be fearful. My mom was fearful, you know. Um, she was raised, well, her parents um, had to go through the Holocaust. So they were in concentration cam- camps in Europe. They were able to escape. Like, most of their family died in, their ca- in the camps. But my grandparents specifically were able to escape. They jumped on a boat and they travel all the way to South America. They arrived to Venezuela, a very random country for them. They had to learn the, the, the language, right, Spanish. And so that's when they had my mom. So they brought with them all of these fears from Europe and they raised my mom with so many fears uh, that when I was born, my mom raised me in the same way. So it was normal in my house to say, no, I don't want to do that. I'm afraid. And it would be fine. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, so let's do this instead. So I grew up with all these fears, not knowing that it was that I was different from the rest. And then when I moved to college by myself, I went from Venezuela to living in the US for the first time. I started realizing that I was different from my friends, that I would constantly say no to so many things that they would just say yes without thinking about it. But I was always focusing on the risks and saying, no, are you kidding? This can happen, this can happen. So um, I, I was limiting my life all the time because of my fears. And then when I went to do my master's in brand, and I moved to New York, which New York has always been my dream, but I never dared to move there until I was 26 years old. And I did it only because I really wanted to do my master's in branding at the School of Visual Arts. And as part of the program, we were challenged to do a 100-day project of our choice. And that's when I decided that I wanted to become a braver person. So I did 100 fears in 100 days. And that is what turned all of my life upside down. (laughs) What was the very first one that you did, very first fear that you challenged? That's an interesting question because the first fear that I did, and you can go back to my YouTube, um, it's Hello Fears, my my handle on YouTube. You can see that my first fear was to accept the challenge to face my fears. And I I have to say that that was the biggest fear that I faced because going from not ever considering facing a fear, always going back to my comfort zone and being comfortable Uh, to one day saying, I'm going to face 100 fears in a row, that that was the biggest challenge. So that's the first video. It's me saying to camera, I'm going to do this. I'm going to face 100 fears for the next 100 days. I'm sure there's some psychology behind it, but why did you choose Hello Fears instead of Hello Brave? All right. So actually, the project at that moment was called 
just 100 days without fear. Pretty straightforward. When the project ended uh, after day 100, I was like, I want to continue building this community and growing this project, but it feels like it already it's done. It's a hundred days without fear. And I did the hundred days. So what now? So I couldn't like find what's a good name for this. And I asked one of my best friends from the masters in branding and she was like, easy, hello fears. And I loved it because when you say hello to your fears, that's like the first approach. I'm not saying I'm going to conquer you. I'm not saying, you know, we're best friends. I'm just saying hello. And that is what I want to encourage people to do, to knock on the door and say, hi, hello, I'm here. And then see what happens from there. Now, I wasn't aware of sort of your grandparents' backstory when this happened, but um, one of the things I, one of the videos I watched, and I don't know if this is one of the 100 fears or something else, but uh, you've been all over the world, and I saw your your video of your Israel visit, and I'm I'm going there shortly with with my oldest daughter, uh, kind of on a on a cool trip, uh, and um, so I was curious to know what were you afraid of? Were you afraid of going there in general, or sleeping in a Benoit tent, or hiking up a mountain to Masada, or what was the fear, or, or what brought you there? So what brought me there is is that I decided to actually first go back to Poland. And I, I say go back like if I've been there, I've never been there before. But I mean, um, go to the concentration camps and do the March of the Living that happens yearly in around March or May. Yeah. And I decided to go to visit the concentration camps so I can go where the, to the place where all of my fears started. And that was a trip I thought... I would never do in my life. But when I finished the 100 day project, I was like, I have to keep challenging myself and I have to go back to the root of my fear. So we went to Poland, me and my husband. And from there, we ended up the trip in Israel. And we've been to Israel before, but every time we go, we just want to relax and just, you know, uh, go to the beach, do some shopping, eat amazing Israeli food. But that that time that we went, I decided to challenge myself and do all the things that make me uncomfortable. So, for example, go on a camel ride, <laughs> wake up at 4 a.m. to climb Masada, go to the Dead Sea, like do all the touristic things that I did when I was little. And I was like, uh, I don't know if that's for me. And then do it again, this time with a different kind of mindset. And that has been the most memorable trip that I've done in the last years. Do you feel from what you've done that you're maybe like your mom or other people in your family have changed because of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My every I feel like people around me changed because of that. They saw that I was able to face my fears and they know how like fearful I am and I still am a fearful person um, so for them to see that was very also life changing because they were like if Michelle did that I'm sure I can do this and that's what happened I started the project and I was only sharing it with the my closest group of people my family members my friends and um, I started hearing from friends people that I haven't even seen in years where like Michelle your project has been so inspiring I asked for a race the other day in my work because I saw you face your fears things like that and I'm like wait what you did what like this is inspiring other people I had no idea and and these were like random you know people that I knew from different stages of my life and I was like if this can inspire people around me it can certainly inspire more people you know like the world <laughs> probably <laughs> i started thinking big at that time um but to answer your question yes mostly my mom has been very influenced by my project is um like i told you i got 
most of my fears from her. And now she also wants to be a braver person. So I gave her this brave necklace, right? It's like a little thing that says brave. And she never takes that off. She says that she feels so powerful with it. And so every time she faces even a small small little fear she calls me all proud and she's like michelle i just returned a plate at a restaurant because it was you know not what i liked and i'm like yay (laughs) (laughs) that's great i love that well i know with you like i can you know tell just from your history and your family and everything else that community is so important to you but you've really adapted it to sort of the the current culture and i know one of the things that's that's really important for you is is the importance of building an online community um how have you done that and what are some of the things that you've found from doing that so the way i started this community was Right before starting the 100-day project, I decided to announce it to my Facebook friends. And I said, hey, I'm going to start facing all of my fears next week and I need some ideas. And I wanted them to help me build the list, not only because I actually needed help and I needed their ideas, but also because I wanted them to feel involved in what I'm doing. So they feel they're part of it. And I had no idea what where this project was going to, like going from or, you know, like where it was going. But I knew there was something powerful if I involve more people into it. And it's not just me. So they gave me a bunch of ideas. I incorporated them. And every time I would face a fear, I would um, see who, who recommended me to do that. And I would tell that person like, hey, thank you. I just faced a fear that you suggested. And that person would share it and they would feel part of it. They're like, yay, Michelle did what I asked her to do. That's so awesome. And so when the project went viral, um, you could go to my website, 100 Days withoutfear.com and I had my list of fears public so people knew what I was going to do next and the last thing on the list because I didn't have 100 fears in there um, I only had like 60 the last thing said please send me your ideas to my email and then this blew up the project was viral all over the world so suddenly I started receiving thousands of emails with ideas which was awesome because I was able to finish my list so quickly through that and every time I would face a fear for example if I held a tarantula I would go to my gmail search tarantula I would get all the emails of people that suggested for me to do that and I would email them the video so these are random people that they don't know me they just suggested that and so they would start sharing it so um that's the way that I started building this community just by making all these people part of a project that was personal, but for them, it felt like if they were part of it. Um, And that's how it all started. And then when I finished the 100 day project and I was not facing fears anymore, I started to evolve. And it was not about me facing my fears um, on a daily basis, but it was about me highlighting courageous stories. Some are my personal stories. For example, if I did something on my day that took courage, I would share that. But if I receive a story of courage from other people, I would share that also with my audience. So I would highlight my community constantly. And then when I started speaking um, around the world, mostly in the US, um, what I started doing is I was frustrated because I would go, I would speak, and then I would leave. And I was like, I wish I could continue the conversation. I wish they don't forget my message after a few months or even years. And so what I started doing is I started being very intentional, asking my uh, audiences to follow me on Instagram, not because of 
I want more followers, anything like that, but because I want to continue spreading the message so they don't forget. And so after every um, speech that I give, I bring all of my audience with me and we continue the conversation for years um, after that moment. What are some of the, the specific ways people can change their, their outcome? So it's not just saying, hey, you know, face your fears. Or do you give people steps on how to do that? Yeah. So there, there's not a magic formula. People ask me for that. Like, what's the secret? And there is no secret. But all I can say is, first, you need to be willing to face your fears because your ambition is bigger than than your fears that's what I would say and that's what happened to me I'm so ambitious I wanted to get so far in life and my fears were not allowing me to get there so it was not until I just I was willing to face my fears to fulfill my ambition that I was able to start this process and what's funny is that I had a whole 10-year plan of things I wanted to accomplish from from now to 10 years into the future. And when I, when I started facing my fears, I started accomplishing all of those in a period of one or two years. And the one thing that I do tell people, and that's like my biggest tool, I see this as a superpower now, is that when we want to face a fear, and first we get all pumped and we're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, let, let's start a, hus- a side hustle or let's you know move somewhere else and let's become nomads or whatever the the risk you want to take is um you get pumped at the beginning and then suddenly little by little when you get to the point that you're about to that to take that step that's when the fear starts to kick in and most of the people just think of amazing excuses and they're like yeah it's not the right time i shouldn't do that for you know whatever reason they come up with and they're all excuses and so the best way to get over that step which i call the um wtf am i doing stage right that's a (laughs) because you're like what am i doing you know you freak out you're about to like just change your mind say i'm not doing this but in that moment what helps me the most is a very simple question that i ask myself you know the question what's the worst that could happen what i do is i flip it around and i ask myself what's the best that can happen because when you ask yourself what's the worst that could happen only negative thoughts will come into your head and that is not helpful if you focus on the reward your activation system that is in our brain starts to work and that's what we use in order to take action so ask yourself like seriously right now think about a something that you want to do that you're afraid to and ask yourself what's the best that can happen And then think of all the possible rewards and try to focus on those when you want to take action, because that's the one thing that would that will turn um, whatever you're feeling from fear to excitement. Now, your your family's from Europe. You're from South America. You're you live in North America now and you travel the world. Do you find that people approach fear differently in different places or countries? Definitely. Yes, that affects the way that we face life in general. And now by traveling abroad and speaking, I've been able to recognize what are some of the different fears cultures have because every culture has a their own set of rules and expectations from society and that creates fears right social fears and that um is what 
uh, makes us act different, right? So, for example, when I went to Poland to the to do all the concentration camp tour, I not only did that, I also spoke at a university there because for some reason I have a huge audience in Poland, and I was like, "What is this about? Like, what 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 is happening in Poland that so many people follow this, this project?" And so I went, I did my presentation. Everybody was so quiet; they would they didn't seem engaged during the whole presentation. Like I would ask something, no one would answer. I would tell them to raise their hand if whatever, nobody would raise their hand. They wouldn't even laugh at my jokes. And I was like, what is it with this people? Like, why are they not engaged? And suddenly they love my project so much. And then after the presentation, I was like, okay, I guess I'm leaving. And suddenly a huge line of people, right? Um, like line up where I was and they one by one wanted to tell me something and and they wanted to say things like I've been following from the first day of your project I love you so much you're my idol and I'm like what is happening like so why are you not engaged and they were like no in our culture it's wrong to raise your hand it's wrong to ask questions it's wrong to laugh and to draw attention to yourself that's why they were behaving that way and I was like ah oh, so good to know <laughs> For you, you're you're a speaker. You're online everywhere. You're definitely an influencer. Uh, what's what's the uh, what's the benefit for you of being able to be an influencer and a speaker? That's the best part of my job because I get to um, influence people beyond what I say on stage. You know, um, I get to take them with me on my life and show them on the daily basis how. I face my fears because I'm not talking about holding tarantulas and jumping from planes and all that. No, I mean the little things in life that I get to share with them um, and, and have their trust, you know, to actually say, yeah, you know what? I want to do the same thing. And they go, they do it. And my favorite part is that I get the feedback from them because if I was only a speaker and I don't have a platform, then I would go, I would speak and forget about that audience. And then I would never hear back from them. But because I am on social media, having a big presence, always present on social media and always engaging, they feel um, like empowered to share with me their stories. So I am constantly uh, replying and having conversations with people that saw me speak over dm like over direct message on instagram um and they're asking me questions they're telling me how i inspired them to do such and such so i love that aspect of it what are some of the best questions that you've been asked before in an interview oh, that's a really tough question i can tell you the one question i don't like to be asked and everybody asks i'm glad you haven't and it's what was the biggest fear or the worst fear and i i don't know how to answer that question. They were all terrifying in, in different <laughs> ways. <laughs> I feel pressured to choose one and it's so impossible. So I don't like that. So thank you for not asking that question. <laughs> well, I, I did have, have two other. Well, uh, well, one of the ones was what was the, what did most people want you to do? Was there one when you're collecting all of these? Was it holding a translator or jumping out of a plane? Or what was the one, what was the one that most people wanted you to do? Yeah, I think the, the big ones like jumping from a plane, it's the one that everybody like, kind of have curiosity and they're like oh, I want to do it but I want to see someone else do it first so that's a big one people were asking and I'm glad I did it halfway through the project also um, but you know everybody asks different things because they have different fears and I, I felt kind of sad that well, not sad, I guess, but I couldn't face fears that I don't have. For example, a lot of people have he fear of heights, and I got that request a lot. I don't have that fear. So they were like, please go to a very tall building in New York and look down. And I'm like, I would do that without 
you know, being afraid. So what is the next fear that Michelle Poehler is going to conquer? So a huge fear for me and my husband is to become parents. And we're at that stage where we're like, <laughs> should we do it? What, what if we wait? Let's wait one more year. And we've been saying one more year since we got married seven years ago. <laughs> So that's like the next one. I know it's coming, but in the right now, I'm facing the fear of writing a book. It's huge fear for me, and I'm doing it. I'm actually enjoying it, so that is surprising. Um, and once we're done with the book, I think we have to face that other big parenting fear. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ING was too expensive. For this episode of the Beyond Speaking podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in the third person. Additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of D. & Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Jount simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast?